Hello, this is episode 308 and in it, I want to discuss a design risk that I see creates problem for you from the get-go in terms of how your project begins and then the way that the design process progresses overall. This is a design risk that can mean you waste time and money in any design process and at its worst, it can mean that you actually end up with the wrong home altogether, a home that doesn't suit you, your site, your budget or your lifestyle. Now, as a reminder, design is one of my five factors that I believe threads through every decision and every step in your project journey and the other four are cost, time, team and you. It's understandable to be super excited and want to dive into the design process and to get things going ASAP. And often by the time that you've selected your preferred design professional or company to work with, you've been thinking about your project and imagining your future home for a long, long time. But if you don't take the time to create an effective design brief before you begin, you can waste a lot of time and money and effort in your design process. And you can miss huge opportunities and benefits in the design process and the outcome in your future home that can come from thinking about yourself, your lifestyle and what you need to best support it. So let's talk about the design risk of not creating a thorough, personal and effective design brief so that you can get this right before you begin any design work on your future home. Now remember, if you'd like to grab a full transcript of this episode plus information on the resources that I discuss, you can do that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 308. That's the numbers 308. Now let's dive in. I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and I recognise the continuing connection to lands, waters, skies and communities. I pay my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to elders both past and present. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee, the architect behind Undercover Architect. Based in northern New South Wales, Australia, I'm a wife, mum and architect and I've been working in the architectural industry since 1993. I founded Undercover Architect in mid-2014 and since then it has operated online to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home. Undercover Architect supports hundreds of thousands of homeowners across the world through their project journeys via this podcast, the website and our online courses and programs, including my flagship online program, Home Method. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally. Whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget, it's here to support and guide you on this ambitious journey of yours. Grab access to my free online workshop, Your Project Plan, and learn super helpful information to save time, money and stress in your reno or new build. You can find it at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. That's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. Now, let's get into the episode. Now, before I jump into this conversation on design risk, there's just a couple of things that I want to clarify first. So, the first is this. Many will feel that they haven't actually begun their renovation or new build project until that first person, professional or company is hired for their project, be it an architect, building designer, draftsperson builder, design build company, interior designer, town planner, whoever it is that you might hire first, many feel that this is the step that represents them actually beginning their project. And of course, whilst this can feel like the first official first step, if you're like most homeowners that I work with and talk with, you'll have already been researching, collecting ideas and even doing some scribbles of your own for months, sometimes even years 
prior to taking this step. And that means that this step of hiring somebody, it's not a beginning at all. It is simply the continuation and the potential formalisation of a lot of planning that you've already been undertaking in your project. What I love is that I actually have many Home Method members who recognise this and so they want to ensure that they're getting things right and they're being the most efficient and effective they can be with their preparation and learning. So they've actually invested in Home Method during this preparation phase prior to hiring anyone. Now, please know if you are here and you're investing time and effort and you're learning and you're listening, then you have already begun your project. So I want you to have a think honestly about where you're at in your project planning because you may still feel that you're dreaming about your project and it's a far-flung reality, but chances are you've already begun. The second thing that I wanted to clarify and mention to you is this. So as I said, the act of figuring out who you'll work with first and then choosing your first team member that can feel like that first official step but there's a whole raft of steps that you can take before you make this choice of who you're going to hire and in fact the steps that you take prior to that decision they can actually impact who you choose and how you begin working with them so this is the phase that I call pre-design I've got a whole module dedicated to it inside home method because the steps in this phase they're so critical to you getting your project started well and as I said in episode 307 when I talked about the team risk of relying too heavily on your chosen professionals to have all the answers that you need. There are much better ways to set yourself up for a fantastic working relationship uh, where you can have confidence and certainty that you're actually accessing the right type of guidance and support for your project. Creating your future home, it's a deeply personal activity and it's an opportunity to create a living environment that is not only in alignment with how you live now, but also sets up an environment to help you live the lifestyle that you're imagining for yourself and your family in the future. One that's more enjoyable, convenient, peaceful, in a home that actually helps you feel more comfortable, organised, restored and relaxed. Our homes are the launch pad for our lifestyles. The way we get to live in them helps us live better beyond them. And the way that we get to live in them is set up by the design that we create. And whoever we're creating the design with, the way that we get to live in our home is set up by the design that we create, actually truly reflecting, supporting and enhancing the lives of you and those that you share your home with. And you can't create that kind of design unless you dive much deeper into your own wishes, wants, likes and dislikes than collating a list of rooms, stylistic ideas, colours and finishes, unless you dive deeper into you. But more on that in a minute. So to reiterate those two things I wanted to clarify before we jump into the discussions on this design risk. The first is spending money on a professional isn't the sign that you've begun your project. If you're here and you're learning and listening and getting prepared, then you have already begun. And there are several steps that can be taken prior to choosing your first team member that may impact who you choose and how you begin working with them, including getting to know yourself and really interrogating your wishes and wants much more deeply. And one of these steps that you can do in the pre-design phase is what this episode is all about. It's unfortunately a step that many do miss or they only do it in a cursory way and then they consequently deal with the consequences of this risk. So this design risk is this, not creating an effective, thorough or personal design brief before you begin your project. Now, when you don't manage this risk and you begin your project without creating your design brief first, these are some of the things that can happen. So you don't take the time to think clearly about what you actually want and need for your future lifestyle in your home. You can receive a fee proposal that doesn't reflect the true scope of what you want to do, which can mean subjecting yourself to budget and fee changes along the way. You can be totally led by how the design professional or the builder takes you through those initial steps and that can mean that you 
don't get to start your design process with the right input from you. You can choose a team member who just wants to create the kind of work they always do. They're not really interested in individualising your design. You can miss the chance to inform your team of not only the kind of home that you want, but also the types of materials, products, process, people you want to incorporate in your project. You also miss the opportunity to help your designer really get to know you personally and to accelerate their understanding of what you want in your future home and lifestyle. And it can mean that lots doesn't get discussed as your home is created, which can mean that things get missed out on or you're waiting for things to be brought up only to discover that when they won't be, that it's actually too late to discuss these things as the design has progressed too far and including them now means changes and extra fees and extra time. And the list goes on and on. But ultimately, the biggest and the worst thing that can happen is that you end up with a finished home that doesn't actually suit you and it's cost you dearly in time, money and stress and it's a place that misses out on things. It causes regrets and it's generally uncomfortable and unfulfilling for you to live in. If you think about your design brief as an important communication tool that does exactly what it says, it briefs your team about the vision that you have for your future home and any ideas that you have about the process of creating it then it becomes pretty obvious what can be the consequence of not creating a thorough, effective or personal design brief. And the evidence that you can find that this risk is actually playing out for you can be things like this. So your early discussions with your team, be it the designer or the builder, they're about what you might want to change in in renovating your home or the kinds of rooms that you want to include in your future home. And a summary of these discussions can look like a mood board and a real estate checklist. The designer isn't really interested in you personally. They don't have any process to elicit information about you and your family and your lifestyle goals. They just drive straight into the design based on this discussion of rooms. Or worse, this is really terrible when this happens, they ask you to bring examples of floor plans that you've seen elsewhere that you like the look of. That's how they're planning on starting the design process by seeing those kinds of things from you. Uh, You can also find that the whole process of designing is taking much longer as the designer has hits and misses on creating design solutions that just keep missing your expectations. Your discussions with your team will feel quite surface level and that's how you're thinking about your home as well. You know, it'll all be about room sizes and windows and doors and aesthetic styles and colours and finishes. You actually don't feel like your designer is really getting to know how you tick or how you live in your everyday you're living your everyday life and and you're not really having discussions about how this might change in the future and what your home might need as a result. The designer isn't really making any suggestions, especially ones that might be ascertaining your deal breakers or challenging you or stretching you to think about the future and your goals and whether the design requests that you're making are actually in alignment with them. And there's a lot that isn't being discussed during the design process. So things like sustainability, budget, maintenance, durability, the other consultants that you'll need, the overall steps in the process, your desired involvement, the three-dimensional spaces and forms, the energy efficiency performance, the light, the volume, the privacy and the views, the infrastructure and services, and the site's overall conditions and constraints. Among other things that can all be discussed right from the outset of a design process when the design brief shares insights and aspirations for all of these things. You will realise if you're living out this risk that as you move further and further through the design process and you've spent more time and more money with your team or your design professional, that the design isn't really reflective of you. It looks a bit cookie cutter and you feel like you're making loads of compromises and this can feel a bit like death by a thousand cuts. So if any of these things are feeling familiar to you, chances are that you're exposing yourself to this design risk right now. 
Now, a lot of this is tied in with the mindset information that I shared in episode 305 when I discussed the cost risk of saving all your money for construction. And then in episode 307, when I discussed the team risk of relying too heavily on your chosen professionals. Now, if you haven't listened to those episodes or downloaded the free PDF transcripts, I encourage you to check them out. They'll provide a really great framework for thinking about this and for this discussion generally. So remember when I said earlier in this episode that our homes are the launch pad for our lifestyles, how we get to live in them helps us live better beyond them and how we get to live in them is set up by the design that we create, whoever we're creating that with and how that design truly reflects, supports and enhances the lives of you and those that you share your home with. And you can't create that kind of design unless you dive much deeper into your wishes, your wants, your likes and your dislikes. And you do that more than just collating a list of rooms, stylistic ideas, colours and finishes. You really have to dive deeper into you. Unless you're diving deeper into you, you can't create that kind of design. Now, in the years that I've been doing this, I found that those who get the best outcome from the process of creating their future home, they do this first. They do the work of getting to know themselves, of interrogating, questioning and assessing their wishes, their wants, their likes and their dislikes, of choosing to go deeper beyond what everybody else is doing and saying a home reno or new build should be and include. And they dig deeper to think about what they really want to create separate to the status opportunities that our home can provide or our home's resale value. It's in this investigation that you can find total pearls of wisdom to make a home uniquely suit you. And you can do this in a way that doesn't prevent it from being a valuable asset and attractive to future buyers. And unless you do it, you won't actually truly know what you and your home really needs and what to prioritise as you juggle your budget and your design decisions throughout the process of creating your future home. So let's go to talk about the three main reasons why I think people expose themselves to this design risk. So the first reason is this, you don't know what you don't know and so you don't know how much information an architect or designer actually needs to know in order to design well for you and they don't have a process to draw it out of you either. So some designers have crafted really great onboarding processes for their clients, take them through an exercise at the beginning of working with them to draw out really useful and detailed information for the design brief. And they use it as their first step in working with a client. And in fact, some have it as an inquiry process prior to creating the fee proposal. So they can create a fee that reflects the full project scope as accurately as possible. However, not all designers have this kind of process. And this is why I discuss design briefs and their importance quite a bit in Undercover Architect. It's also why I include a template design brief with specific questions and prompts for members to fill out as one of my early steps inside Home Method and I call it the brief builder. You see, in my career experience of working with homeowners one-to-one as an architect, I've, I've seen that it, I'd seen that it was quite a process to draw a design brief out of a client. And yet having this information was so critical to not only creating the design for a client, but in creating that design as efficiently and quickly as possible. I found that as I developed a specific way to source a thorough, effective and personal design brief from a client before I began designing for them, that when I actually did start designing, we usually had the design locked in after only two or three rounds of reviews. And meanwhile, I'd see other architects and designers taking six, seven, even more rounds of options and reviews to arrive at a resolved design. And they'd be blaming the client for why things were taking so long. 
My experience instead was that because of how I interviewed a client to create their design brief, I was able to elicit detailed and relevant and important information from the client before we began. And my experience also was that in interviewing clients, not all of them had thought deeply about a lot of the questions that I was asking them about their lifestyle and their goals for it. And sometimes when working with couples, I'd find that they'd also not be on the same page and it would take some time to sort through their individual ideas and ambitions for their future home to come to an agreement so we could get started. So I developed and honed the process with which I extracted this design brief, did this over years and years and formulating a questionnaire that I could take clients through. And that questionnaire was the foundation of my brief builder inside Home Method. And then I've found as I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of homeowners inside Undercover Architect, the brief builder has been improved over time as well. Now, I've been told so many times by Home Method members how significant it's been for them to go through the exercise of completing that brief builder, that it's helped get them on the same page as their partner, to think deeply about their future lifestyle, to drill into the details of what they really need and want and get clear on their priorities and goals. And the beauty of doing this inside Home Method before they begin is that they can then take the time to really think through all the questions that I pose in the brief builder and have the conversations with anyone else that they're creating their home with and for. And they can also start paying attention to other homes, other spaces and places to help inform their own design brief. I call this being a design detective and it's amazing for how it can help you learn more about yourself and what your future self and future home might need to live the lifestyle that you envisage. And this can all be put into a document that forms this fantastic foundation at the beginning of the project. Now, I've got a podcast episode called How to Create a Design Brief. It's episode 196. In it, I actually take you through a list of questions to answer as part of creating a design brief. Now, it's not as comprehensive as the brief builder inside Home Method, but it'll be a great starting point for you It'll if you want more, some more help with doing this. So I'll pop a link in the resources for this episode so you can check out episode 196. Now, once all of this information is then documented in a design brief, you can interview potential designers with this knowledge in mind and you can find much better alignment with a designer as a result. And I find that you can hit the ground running in their design process, providing your designer with so much intel to help expedite the design process as well. Don't expect that the designer, builder, whoever it is that you're working with first will ask all the necessary questions to determine the best design approach for you. Okay, don't expect it, don't assume it. Now let's have a look at the next reason that you expose yourself to this design risk. So number two is if you're doing this project with someone else, it can feel too challenging to get on the same page as them to create the design brief. It is super common to not agree with your partner about how you see your future home. And I share this from having worked with loads and loads of couples, both as their architect and as their guide inside Home Method. And I share it from personal experience as well. My husband and I, we have very different ideas and tastes when it comes to our home. And it can be a big exercise to get on the same page or to compromise in what we're creating in a way that one of us doesn't feel like we're ending up with something that we don't really want to live with long term. But if you're doing a project with a partner, then you'll need to figure out what you both want to create in your renovation or new build. And it's better to do this sooner rather than later. Now, whilst I've done my fair share of marriage counselling in the context of a client-architect relationship, having those disagreements during the design process, it can slow things down quite significantly. Unfortunately, what I've also seen 
is that one partner will be the main point of contact. It's They're the one that's done all of the research. They've been responsible for navigating all the details of the project. And then the other partner swoops in in a really disruptive way to add their opinion. And that type of involvement will often mean changing things and it can cause delays and even derail the project altogether. So take the time to work on your design brief together as a couple before you dive into your project so that you can really flesh these things out. Now, whilst that might also mean working on your relationship to navigate potential conflict, it's time well spent to get you well prepared to renovate or build. There's also nothing stopping you from actually including discussions in your brief about where you do disagree. I've, I've helped couples do that and discuss these differing priorities openly. And as their architect, it's helped me create outcomes that respond to their individual needs or in other cases, shown where priorities not may, may not be possible because they compete with their budget requirements or they don't meet local planning rules, etc. The last thing you want is for one of you to feel steamrolled into a home that you don't feel connected to or to be constantly stalling your project or changing things time and time again because these things weren't discussed before you began. You can waste huge amounts of time and money in that process. So take the time to create a thorough, effective and personal design brief and don't let the fact that this feels challenging stall you in doing this for your future home. Let's have a look at the third reason why you might expose yourself to this design risk. So number three is you've decided that you wanna make your project happen ASAP. So you just wanna get going urgently and you don't wanna take this time to create your design brief in a comprehensive way. So this one is really common and to be frank, it's probably the one that gets used as the biggest excuse. I don't have time and we just wanna get started ASAP. And what's interesting in is this, that as you've heard me say before, you're most likely researching and thinking about your project for months, even years before you decide to start hiring people to make it a reality. And all in all of this time, you could have been working on your design brief in a productive way, rather than simply just collecting images of homes and rooms that you like and thinking about them based on the examples that you see in other people's projects. So what usually happens in this scenario, especially when you're working with a designer who doesn't have a great process for eliciting, eliciting a thorough design brief from you, is that you'll bounce into your design process with quite high level surface information about you and your wishes. And your designer will then most likely make a bunch of assumptions about you and your family and what your future home needs. And they'll start working away on your design You'll be waiting for the deeper, more detailed conversations, but you'll hold off expecting that they're the professional and they'll discuss it with you when it's the right time. And then they present you with their first design option and it's not right because they didn't really know you. And you give feedback that speaks to that design and what you do and you don't like. But then that design forms the foundation of where they go in the next option. And then you're still waiting for the more involved conversations and the questions that never come. And the next thing you know, you're four or five options in, months have been spent, you don't feel you have a design that really reflects you, you've spent a load of money on professional fees, you get exasperated, you finally speak up about it, and then the designer says that any changes now are going to be at extra fees. And you're stuck with a design that you don't feel achieves what you'd hoped for your future home, you've got a challenging relationship with your design professional, you've got empty pockets cash-wise, and you've wasted months. This is a super common story and it happens because you didn't take the time before you dived in to create a thorough, effective and personal design brief first. And in fact, many avoidable project issues and problems stem from not having created a thorough design brief first. So hopefully that's becoming clear with what I'm sharing about this design risk. Now, let's have a look at some resources that I have available for you that will be helpful with this that you can have a review of. 
So episode 196 that I mentioned earlier on how to create your design brief, it's definitely useful information for you. In it, I pose some questions to think about and to document responses to so that you can get help with creating this important communication tool for your project. If you want help with thinking about your home design generally, then season two of the podcast will be super helpful for you. It's actually called How to Design a Home. And in it, I take you room by room through key things to consider in your home design, whoever you're working with. And this will help you avoid a lot of mistakes that can occur in home design. Many wonder if it's possible to design a home without an architect. And in fact, it is totally possible. However, in my experience, homeowners can miss three significant investigations that mean their future home can suffer or make for later regrets and problems. So I've got a podcast episode on what these three investigations are. Check out the resources for that episode. And if you're worried if your home will be too big or too small or that what you're envisaging, whether it's even something that you can afford, I've got a blog post that will take you through four simple steps to determine this as part of your pre-design research. So I'll put the link in the resources for that. It's called Will Your Home Be Too Big? Now, remember I said that there's a bunch of steps that you can take before commencing design in what I call the pre-design phase? Episode 214 on the podcast, it shares three mistakes to avoid in the pre-design phase. So make sure you check out that information as well. So as I said, I'll pop all of those in the resources for this episode. So you've got all the links there should you want to check those things out. So to avoid the design risk of not creating a thorough, personal and effective design brief... Let's go through five tips for you. So the first one is use the time before you start hiring team members to think deeply about your future lifestyle and home and collate your ideas so that you can gain clarity about your wishes, your wants and your deal breakers before you begin. Number two is don't assume that your designer or architect will necessarily have a process to create your design brief. When starting with your designer, ask lots of questions and don't delay discussions thinking that they'll bring things up later. Number three is use the opportunity of thinking through your future lifestyle in your future home as a way to highlight any potential challenges or differing opinions with your partner and get those on the table early. Number four is remember that you're going to be entering a long-term and intimate relationship with your designer. And if you feel that you can't have personal conversations with them about your lifestyle and goals, you might have the wrong designer on board. And number five is don't forget to include information in your design brief about your budget, your expected timelines and other ideas about your project process. This will assist team members in being able to give you realistic feedback about your expectations and your desires. Now, lastly, many can hesitate to work on their design brief because they're not sure what their wishes and wants will actually cost and if they can afford to build or renovate in the way that they want to. It's this chicken and egg problem. I'm not sure what I want will cost, and I'm not sure if I can afford to create the outcome that I want. So I don't know where to start thinking about what I want and what I can afford. Please don't let that stop you from creating a thorough, effective and personal design brief though. Your budget is actually a key component of your design brief, and at the outset, your desired budget, it's most likely not going to be enough. In my experience, most people will have a budget that is 50 to 75% of where it needs to be to pay for the renovation or new build that they actually want to do. But no one, no one can give you that reality check unless you take the time to think thoroughly about what you want to have in your future home and how you want your project to run. Because when you do create your design brief, you give anyone that you're talking with a much clearer way to assess your wishes and wants and to provide realistic feedback early on. 
So avoid the design risk of not creating a thorough personal and effective design brief so you can get this right before you begin any design work on your future home. Do your future self and your future home a big favour and spend the time thinking about and documenting what you truly want and need. If you're like most of the homeowners I work with, this time pays massive dividends in creating much needed clarity before you dive into your project design. It can create clarity about who you need to work with and what you actually want to create. And in most cases, I find it changes people's minds about how much they need to build or renovate as well. So it's definitely an exercise worth spending time on. Now, next time on the next episode, we're going to jump into a risk associated with the next of my five factors, and that will be a U risk, so a Y-O-U risk. So what do I mean by a U risk? Well, what I know is that your mindset and how you show up for your project, it's a significant factor in how well your project goes. And I want to help you manage a specific risk associated with your mindset. So stay tuned for that. Now, a few reminders for you before I finish up. I talked about the five factors of cost, time, team, design and you and these actually form the framework of my online course Project 101. Now I created Project 101 because I had people reaching out to me saying, look I want to join Home Method when I'm more serious about my project but right now I'm just not sure how to proceed but I still want to make sure that I'm doing the right kind of research. Or they were saying that they just wanted something that they could do on a weekend, which would give them a jumpstart in their project planning, you know, gain that momentum, get ready to renovate or build. And they knew that they needed to be better informed, but they didn't feel that they could commit to a comprehensive program like Home Method, or they just wanted to get their head in the game before making that decision to invest in Home Method. And they needed something streamlined to digest that curated the essentials for them. So I created Project 101 because of this. And Project 101, it actually summarises and streamlines the vital information to make your project a success. And it's delivered in an efficient and online experience. It's also self-paced and self-study to help you get your project ready. So you can make big progress in your project preparation, your learning and your research. Now, as a podcast listener, right now you can access a $450 saving when you join Project 101. So make sure you head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project and you'll be able to access that special offer. Now, if you'd like a transcript of this episode, you can find that at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 308 308. I've got all the extra links in there that I mentioned as resources in this episode. Remember too, I'm giving a shout out to like-minded industry professionals that help homeowners renovate or build their homes. If you'd like to work with Undercover Architect community members, be introduced more broadly to the Undercover Architect community, uh, please check out the UA Army. It's free to join and you can find it at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash army. And remember... I am always waiting for you along with an incredible community of like-minded, savvy and supportive homeowners inside my flagship program, Home Method. Through the course content, the coaching and the community, there is all that you need in there to create your future home in the best possible way, making the most of your budget, your time and your site. It is definitely a great and comprehensive way to manage risk and set you up for success and confidence. You can find out more about Home Method by heading to homemethod.com.au or to the Undercover Architect website. It's there on the menu. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.
Just a reminder, all content on this podcast is provided by Undercover Architect for reference purposes and as general guidance. It does not take into account specific circumstances and should not be relied on in that way. You should seek independent verification or advice before relying on this content in any circumstances, including but not limited to circumstances where loss and damage may result. The views and opinions of any guests on the podcast are solely their own and may not reflect the views of Undercover Architect. Undercover Architect endeavours to publish content that is accurate at the time it is published, but does not accept responsibility for content that may or has become inaccurate over time.